0: Hello, 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 hello. One, two, three, hello, my name is Matthew West, and I'm the host of this podcast. It's called the Matthew West Podcast. I
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always... I really hope you like it. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining me today. I hope you're having a great week. Wherever you're listening from, however you're listening, and whatever you're going through right now, I'm praying that this time together is going to be a time that lifts you up and encourages you along the journey, that fills your heart with some good stuff. And I know today's guest is going to do just that. But before we get into the show, I've got to make sure that every one of you knows about a special event taking place very soon. Are you ready for this? West Love Fest. Say it with me. West Love Fest. West Love Fest you <laughs> the name is so ridiculous. (laughs) It's our next virtual event, though, and we want you to join us. It's taking place Valentine's weekend, February 12th, 13th, and 14th. We're going to be celebrating the one-year birthday of my album Brand New, and uh, it's an album that brought us songs like God Who Stays and Truth Be Told. We're actually going to be playing the album from start to finish, which my band and I are super pumped to do. In addition to that, the West family is going to be there. Dad's going to have his dad jokes, which is worth the price of admission right there. We're going to have some fun skits listen if you've been to any of these virtual events you know what i'm talking about need i say more you're not going to want to miss it because you're a listener of this podcast i want to get you a special discount when you purchase your tickets at matthewwest.com enter the code cupid at checkout to get $5 off your ticket. That's Cupid to get 5 bucks off your ticket. We've also got some really cool VIP options that include us getting to hang out with a pre-show meet and greet. Lots of fun stuff. So go to MatthewWest.com and enter the code Cupid to get 5 bucks off on your ticket and I'll see you at West Love Fest. Oh, by the way, there's different show times each night so every time zone can join us from all around the world for what? West love fest. (laughs) All right, let's get on with today's show. My guest today at the story house. I am so excited to have her here. She's one of the big reasons why the Matthew West podcast even exists. My show is under the umbrella of her podcast network. She's a mogul, guys. She's the host of her own crazy popular podcast called That Sounds Fun. And speaking of That Sounds Fun, this best-selling author and host of one of the most popular podcasts in all the land has just released a brand new book by the same title, That Sounds Fun, which I'm sure we're going to be talking about. And I'm sure this book is soon to join the rest of her best-selling books like 100 Days to Brave because this is an awesome podcast book. I am loving it right now. Here's some things that she thinks are fun. Laughing with friends, confetti, soccer, and boiled peanuts, preferably from a back roads, Georgia gas station. Well, we have rescued her from that Georgia gas station and we've brought her right here. Without further ado, let's go to the story house with my friend, Annie F. Downs. Ladies and gentlemen, here in the story house for the first time ever. Yes. To record, well, here in the story house for the first time ever to do a podcast. It's true. Thank you for being on the show. Annie F. Downs is in the house. Round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank
2: you. Thank you. We're the only ones here. But, <laughs> but we're, we're both, both clapping. We're both
1: cheering for you. <laughs> we're both cheering for you. And it's well-deserved because I'm holding in my hands a fresh off the presses. Hot off the presses. Literally. The fresh. fresh would be a baked goods. Yeah. Yeah. This is hot off the presses. Your brand new book, that sounds fun. Yes. And it's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you.
2: It is really, i said this to you before we started. It means so much when my friends actually read books, <laughs> right? Because you, your friends, you get so used to their work that you go, oh, that's good. And then you're like, but sometimes my friends never read my
1: book. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> well, I will be a friend that reads Thank the book. Thank you. I, I feel that way it. about music too. Like, yeah. I don't think the artists listen to each other's music. No, we'll
2: buy each other's books and albums because we support each other. And then you're like, you know what? I've actually never <laughs> listened to that entire Matthew West album. <laughs> so well, you're like, I'm a monster. I'm
1: going to read this. And one of the reasons that it's going to be easier for me to read yes. is because I love audiobooks.
2: Oh, yeah. And I
1: want you to tell the listeners about, which I think all of my listeners already subscribe to the Annie F. Downs That Sounds <laughs> so Fun that podcast, sounds fun. maybe.
2: Uh, this because this is our one-year anniversary Is it? You were on is? That Sounds Fun about a year ago. Yeah. Yes. And since then, you've built a podcast, put it on the That Sounds Fun Network, yes. and it, your show is killing, man. Yeah.
1: In my introduction, I referred to you as a mogul. <laughs> How do you feel about Isn't that? Isn't that
2: those things people ski over? Yes. To- <laughs> no, no, no.
1: You're, you're a different kind of mogul. I'm a different kind of mogul. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, listen, a mogul for the gospel, I'll take. A mogul for fun, I'll take. I think that's a pretty fun thing. Um, it's awesome. But yeah, I mean, it is super fun to get to talk about this and to make fun such a normal part of our lives especially part of our spiritual lives
1: okay so speaking of fun then how do you celebrate the release of a book called that sounds fun yes. what is the what's the most fun is it funnest or most fun i would Both imagine in writing the book did you have to learn yes. the appropriate grammar for the funner, word funner
2: you can't use funner more you can't, fun you can't yeah s- Okay. But things are the funnest, but not funner, I don't think.
1: Funnest, um, funnest sounds right. Yeah,
2: I think that is true. Okay. okay, so here's the thing. This is my biggest tip that I give to authors, musicians, everybody who launches things. Even people who, like, launch video games or launch anything in their normal lives is you celebrate the night before it comes out. Because okay. the night before it comes out, you have no idea whether anybody's going to like it. You have no idea how it's going to do. What you are, you are not celebrating the success of the product. Right. You are celebrating the success of the obedience that you have that done is- the work.
1: That's what I need to start doing because you're right. The minute it's out into the world, you start to find different measures for the success or lack thereof.
2: Yes. And so the night before, two nights ago, is when I was with friends and we said, well done. And I said, well done, Annie. That's great. You put a lot of heart and a lot of time and a lot of editing and a lot of thinking time into this book and it is going to matter. I don't know how big it's going to matter and to who all it's going to matter, but that doesn't matter. Okay. What matters right now, back on February 1st, yes. what mattered the night before the book came out was, okay, we did it. Because then, you know, this house, this is your life too, but so what that means, I mean, I'm already working on the next thing. I've already got dreams and ideas oh, yeah. of how the books keep going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so now that it's out in the world, it's y'all's. It's not mine anymore. It's been mine until yesterday. And I now it's y'all's.
1: I love it. I love that mentality. And I love, I, I like to refer to it as, it's like the, it's the time when your art is first being created and it's before the dream crushers come in. Yeah. It's before the people come in and tell you what isn't possible yes. with what you've created. Yes, And so I love the fact that you're celebrating in that, but give us some, uh, some real colors and tan. I mean, was there a cupcake involved or cake? Like, <laughs> how did you sell like, did you, st- so you just had your the friends together? bougiest
2: dinner. It was bougie. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I, that is my one, because I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet. <laughs> and so it's not like I'm, it's not like I have to feed a lot of other people. Yeah. Other, my friends have to get together and feed me Um, on that night that we celebrate. And so we just went to a really nice restaurant and everybody had great food. And we don't even hardly talk about the book. We just go, that's why we're here. And I and, celebrating. I and and I'll tell you this is the thing. And then I forgot to talk about the audiobook, so I can say that to you in a second too. But the other thing about that comes with being Annie that actually I, I had to learn and I think is a skill we all can learn is I don't get to wait on other people to decide to celebrate me. I get to remind them to Hey, se- this matters a lot to me. Will you go to dinner with me on the first? It's a, it's very vulnerable because people can say no. And of course you'd rather I would rather have a partner. And my husband be sure. planning a meal, but that's not my today. Mm. And so my today is, man, I have friends who love me. And if they knew I had a need, they would want to meet it. And I have a need to be celebrated and to celebrate with sure. someone. Not sure. to be celebrated, but to celebrate this book. And and so I called my people.
1: Although I bet there's plenty of partners right now listening going, Yeah, I have a partner and I'm still I'm <laughs> I still, still call needing- <laughs> my friends. Yeah. That's I'm still right. needing to remind them. We right? just have
2: to, we have to be <laughs> advocates for our own needs in our own hearts and not wait for other people to determine whether we get to have our needs met or not. We can ask. Does that make sense? I
1: feel like that is is kind of a theme for your book too. Like yeah. advocates, being intentional and in seeking out things that you know are going to bring about healing and enjoyment and life to the fullest, really. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's it. And that matters so deeply to me because I think God says, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. But he says, come to me. (laughs) You can't, you have to step toward me yeah, and I will give you rest. And I think that mirrors in our human relationships that I want people to come to me and I want to go to people and us give each other rest. And that matters to me.
1: So, okay. So speaking of rest, so here was a sentence that I wrote down oh boy, that okay. was early in the book, but uh, you say, can I read sentences yeah, from the course. book? Yeah, of course. Not the ones to- with
2: cuss words. No, we, no, no. <laughs> Just kidding. We, this is safe
1: for the whole family. <laughs> but, um, okay. So here was one. While the world may look at your life and tell you that you have everything, you know, the quiet, nagging whisper of truth. We have lost Eden. We have lost peace or rest, right? We have lost the foundation upon which genuine fun can be built and we have to go search for it. And so like that intentionality of going and searching for fun and enjoyment and celebration is kind of what you just described. And, And does
2: that feel true to you in your life? Do you feel like that's true?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I, um, I have a hard time celebrating even victories, right? So like- um, Because Because
2: there's whispers.
1: There's whispers that it's not enough or that somebody else is measuring that you didn't succeed. You know, That's why what resonated with me about how you chose to celebrate, it was less about what you actually did to celebrate, but the time you chose to celebrate really resonates with me because there is victory in that. And otherwise, when you wake up the next day and I'm sure you were tempted to, so since the books come out, you're probably going, okay, well- Are the reviews, I mean... Totally. You look on Amazon for the
2: chart... Where it places on right, the charts. Right. You you pay attention to what bookstores are saying. Yeah, of course, all that matters because the work matters to me. Yeah. But I, I have to choose for that to matter less. But that was also the joy of the audiobook coming out early. So, what we got to yeah, do talk is talk about that. I
0: thought it was so cool. It was
2: so fun. Everyone who pre ordered the book before February 1st, Christian Audio was just incredibly mm-hmm. kind and made it so that if you pre ordered the book before February 1, you got the audiobook for free. Now, the audiobook's still available. You just have to get it on. Audible or download and pay for it, but it's fun. It's scored. Our friend Dave Haywood scored it for us.
1: From Lady A? Yeah.
2: So he scored the whole thing. So it's this beautiful music in each section. We have three bonus podcast episodes attached to it. So we have this really beautiful piece of work. And what happened is as soon as pre-orders started, and as soon as we announced to people they could do that, I mean, Matthew, there were people, this happens to you all the time. This never happens with books. There were people who started and finished the book the day we announced it. Because it's only a a four-and-a-half-hour audiobook.
1: That's what I love about audiobooks. So during... I started becoming... I'm like... um you know, I feel like Forrest Gump some days. Uh-huh. I'll just take these long walks yeah. and I'll pop my AirPods in. And yes. so I've got the hard copy of your book, but yeah. I'm also going so I'll usually read a hard copy, but also listen to the audiobook. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. And audiobooks are not just audiobooks anymore, to That's your point. Right. So That's you've right. got original scored music yep. from a famous musician, which is super cool. I love Dave, by the He's
2: way. He's awesome. He's just very talented. His yeah. fame level is cool, but I his want to meet him someday.
1: Can you can oh, you set that up? Yes. Okay, cool. Um <laughs> so then you have bone bonus podcast episodes.
2: Yeah, yeah. We and just did three interviews with three of the guests mentioned in the in the book. And so it's so fun to make that available to have that piece of art to go with this piece of art, to go with the book itself. And, and it is a piece of art. Thank you. And By, the cover, right? I was
1: just yeah, I was going to say now is it uh, the designer of the cover, who I think it is Matt Layman. Matt Layman, is that what you thought? He's so good. He's
2: so good. He did
1: a Christmas album for me yes. once, and I was like, and I wanted to work with him ever yes. since. He's yes. amazing, and his wife is a wardrobe stylist who yeah, like yeah, yeah. does my photo shoots and stuff. Yes,
2: she does me too. Yeah, she Amber. dresses me for everything. Yes, they are so, like a power couple behind the scenes for real. Well, for all and, of and
1: us. I'm like, a, I'm a big uh, cover and font snob because oh, I love. I'm really involved in that kind of yes, process when I'm too. making it. Right. So I love the cover of your book Thank too. You. Um, so. When you did the audio book, you said you did some bonus episodes. Of the podcast, I yeah. want to talk about the podcast as well. Okay. Because for the three people who don't know about your podcast, right. your podcast that's is the same fun. title of the book. That yeah. sounds fun. Yep. Um the I love the subtitle: "The Joys of Being an Amateur, the Power of Falling in Love, and Why You Need a Hobby." Yeah, you cover all of that in this book. You solve all of life's problems. I do.
2: I just solve. But them. you've been doing
1: that for six years with your podcast, right? <laughs> six right. years
2: now. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly. Right. And
1: it's one of the most listened to podcasts. It's an oh, awesome nice. podcast. Yeah. My wife and I have had the honor of being on your show as well. Yeah. But talk about why you decided to call your podcast. That sounds fun yeah. because that's really what led to you writing this totally. book all these years later. Why that? Well, actually, sounds my fun.
2: life led to the title of the podcast, which led to the title of the book. Is that I have always thought about fun a lot, and I thought I was immature. I thought that I was like, why, why, how come everybody else can let this go and not me? Why am I still so curious? Why am I still so like interested in having a good time and all these other grownups? are stressed or are, uh, are not prioritizing right. having a good time. Right. And so the, here's how the podcast started. An, a fiction author, their PR person called me and said, Hey, our author would love for you to interview them. And I was like, well, sounds great. What do you want me to do with it? And I was like, do you have a place to release it? And she was like, no, do you? And I was like, well, I have a blog and Instagram, but no, I, you know, this was 2014 and, And she said, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? And I said what I say all the time. That sounds fun. I was like, that sounds fun. And that is a meter for me of what I do with my life.
1: Seeking out enjoyable experiences.
2: Yes. And I was like, okay. So I went home and I Googled that sounds fun podcast and it didn't exist. So I got all the stuff and that's how the show started. Now what's happened is the longer I've been Annie, the more I'm comfortable in my own skin, the more I have done the the deep diving research into myself of why do I like what I like? And why did God make me this way? Because the planet needs all of us. And why did God make me like this? That fun is so fun to me. (laughs) And, and as I've understood that and dove into that for myself, Mm -hmm. then I'm like, Oh, I actually get why this matters on the planet. And now I got to tell everybody.
1: And so, one of the things that you've said, the longer I've been Annie. yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I wrote down as well, is you said, because that's how God made me always Annie, the girl who loves to love and who wears her heart on her sleeve. But you describe a time in your life where you were way more concerned with what other people thought about yeah. you. And therefore you shied away from things that you actually thought were fun, but because somebody planted a seed that it wasn't cool or yep. it didn't make you likable yep. that you shied away from it. And to this day have some regrets. And one of the questions I want to ask you is, um, how do you feel about the French horn uh, today? I because know. You write about the French horn and just, can you talk about that for yes, a moment? Yes, It's right.
2: the most beautiful <laughs> instrument. I played it in middle school. I was deciding between the French horn and what's the big violin, The viola? Viola,
1: yeah. Is that the bigger one? That's right, that's right. So
2: I feel like those both kind of play the same role in their perspective band orchestra. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm I'm an alto too. So I just want, I always wanted that exact same spot. I wanted to harmonize all the time. I did not want the melody. But I love the French horn. I've always loved it. But when I went to high school, I'm the oldest kid in my family. So I didn't have any high school age friends when I was going to high school. And someone in eighth grade told me it wasn't cool to be in the band. And I believed them stupidly, because I ended up giving up a thing that I really loved mm. that I only gave up because I, I, I wasn't even peer pressured. There right. was no pressure. Right. They put right. one, one idea in my head, and I believed them. How many times have we done that with something we really enjoy or really believe in, and we give it up because the internet doesn't like it? Or, you know, for women, this is not as much your life, but for women, like different palettes that we use for makeup. Sure. We like them until someone tells us that that, that doesn't look good anymore. Right. Well, if you like it, my friend, just wear it, yeah. right? Like, why do we do that? But you have to learn that the thing I had to learn, especially when it comes to the fridge horn and things of that nature is like, there's a reason that matters to you and dig up what that reason is and bring that thing back if you can.
1: Mm. And what I, I just love that you tell your own story through that process, because I think we can all nod our heads in agreement and go. There's been times where I've been swayed by public opinion, outside opinion, voices of critics, whatever it may be. And we don't even realize how we let it affect us, but it removes us, even if it's one degree at a time, like uh, Pastor Kevin uh, Queen talked about in a sermon not so long ago about how just living your life like one degree off from the direction you were meant to go. And then over time, you you look up one day and you're nowhere near the center of of where you had hoped to be or where God had created you to be. And what's interesting, though, is I think people who know Annie and people who listen to your podcast are drawn to your unabashedly, like, you're just unashamed in your excitement for things. <laughs> yeah, right? it's true. And, and so, but that's taken time for you yeah, to get to that place right. of originality. And I think yeah. originality is one of the calls of this book for yeah, people that's to realize, hey, God Thank made you, God made you uniquely you. And yeah. maybe you don't realize sometimes you're letting the voices of critics turn you off on something that actually God designed you to get excited about. And yes. so what I, I really, I wanted you to talk about the French horn because I wanted to let you know that if you should ever pick the French horn back up. What I want to know is if I ever wrote a song that was just (gasps) begging for a French horn solo, is that some... I mean, do you have it in a a closet somewhere? Whoever needs
2: a French horn (laughs) solo, for starters. But do you know what? I did buy a mouthpiece off of Amazon. You did? So, and a friend of mine... majored in French horn in college and she has an extra one at her house that she's gonna let me borrow just to see if I can still play okay. but you know that's the thing so here's the bigger picture is I can't go back and redo high school right and that's the thing we need to grasp is there's something we've lost we've lost Eden it's on this planet somewhere it's hidden away we don't know I don't know there is, we can't go back there right now. Scripture says eternity is hidden in our hearts. There is something, we have a longing we're actually not going to be able to fulfill here. And so I have sadness over how that went for me in high school and growing up that I let go of the French horn. It's a very silly example, but it resonates in a lot of areas in our lives. What I can do now is I can pick up the French horn again. I'm right. not going to be in a band. I'm not going to, I I will not grow up to be in the Nashville Symphony Orchestra, but I can sure buy a book online and and play, you know? Yeah. And so there's just something of like, how can you redeem the thing you think you've lost because you let it go or because it was taken from you? Yeah. You can't go backwards, but you can bring that thing that. forward. And
1: how And how big and creative is our God that he can put a new... French horn in your life. Yes, <laughs> right? so yes. He, That was not a poetic way of saying it, but that yeah. he can show us that next thing that's going to light a fire yes. and we're not going to miss it that time. And
2: when people, when, when people say to me, I don't know what I do for fun or I don't have any fun. There's a little path I take us through of like, well, when you were a kid, like on a Saturday, what would you do when you had nothing to do? So do you have that? Can you think of what that would be for you? What would you do when you had nothing to do?
1: I would play baseball. Yeah.
2: yeah. You play baseball. So many people's answers are outside things, are games, are playing, yeah. that kind of thing. And then if we had time and I was like fun coaching you, which I don't actually do, but it sounds I, I like I think a great you could idea. be a fun coach. I think I could do. I need
1: a fun coach. I we,
2: mean, that's what I tried to do we, with that sounds fun is be a distance that, fun coach.
1: That's exactly what this book is. Yeah. You know, growing up as the preacher's kid, my mom was always in charge of children's church and Sunday school. And I remember VBS, Vacation Bible School. My mom always had these creative ideas for projects and crafts, and we loved it. The kids loved it. And those are some really special memories that I have. In fact, I see a lot of that in my youngest daughter, Delaney, this creativity I'll tell you, we all have memories and experiences from childhood that shaped who we are today. With KiwiCo subscriptions, you and your child get everything you need to create unforgettable moments shipped right to your door. KiwiCo's fun and innovative crates provide engaging science and art projects for kids of all ages, for trailblazing toddlers to more experienced explorers, and every stage in between. The West family's had a blast digging into all the different themes of the crates. My daughter's favorite would be the doodle crate. Now she's 11, about to turn 12, and that crate is perfect. It's for ages 9 to 16, and the theme is to create and craft. You get to inspire creativity with fun materials and interesting techniques to build new skills and confidence for young makers. And that's what I want my daughters to be, creative thinkers, makers. Now, it's hard to find new creative ways to keep kids busy while stretching their brain, especially now. KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend more quality time Tackling projects together. I love that. Together, not individually, everybody in their rooms, but getting together as a family. Get real high quality engineering, science, and art projects for your children and for the kids at heart. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid. At KiwiCo. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code WEST at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at K I W I C O.com. Promo code WEST. All right, you guys, most people who know me know me because of one thing my huge muscles. That's right. We're talking six-pack washboard abs. I know, it's not my music, it's the muscles. And now we're coming back to reality. And the reality is this 2020... Let's just say 2020 put a hit on the old dad bod. You know what I'm saying? So I'm stepping into 2021, working to get in shape. I'm trying to improve in every area of my life and my physical health is one of those things. And I want to encourage you to do the same. I want to tell you about one of my new favorite things, liquid IV. This is my favorite hydration product. With one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water, you get two to three times the amount of hydration as plain water. That's right. Plain water is lame water compared to Liquid IV. And maybe Liquid IV is going to want to trademark what I just said. They've got awesome flavors. My favorite flavor, passion fruit, because, well, I'm a romantic at heart. What can I say? Listen, I want to encourage you to check this out. You can grab your Liquid IV or their other great flavors, passion fruit, strawberry, uh, nationwide at Costco. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WEST at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code WEST at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code WEST. Especially in hard years like yes, we're in right now, yes. where there's not a lot of focus on the word fun. Right. I really think like this book is perfect for right now Thanks. on a lot of levels. Yeah. But to be a fun coach. So yeah. you you could I would pay you to fun coach me because yes. I you remember the scene in the movie Elf? where Buddy the Elf's in he's kind of stumbles into his job at the department store. Yeah. He didn't know that he was going to work yeah. there. Yeah, and yeah. he started talking about He's like, singing's my favorite, you right. know? <laughs> or smiling's my favorite. And the boss goes, well, make work your new favorite. Work's yeah, your new favorite yeah, now. Yeah. And yeah. for me, like, that's my thing is, yes. like, I work. And when people ask, well, what do you do for a hobby? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think I make a podcast. I yeah. interview Annie Downs. and So <laughs> why do I, why do I need a hobby?
2: Well, you kind of do have a hobby. You go walking.
1: Okay, so that counts.
2: Yes, totally, it counts. But even that,
1: I feel like I'm working because, why? well, because I'm like a, uh, I've become really weird about like efficiency, and okay. so like, like I could sit and read a book, or I could walk several miles and feel like I'm getting in shape while listening to a book, while then writing in my voice notes on my walk lyrics to my next song. Yes. And like multitasking in a weird way. I feel like I'm cheating. You are. Okay.
2: You are. You're actually stealing from yourself.
1: The fun coach has spoken. Yes. Okay. What am I stealing from myself? Because
2: you're not giving yourself any time where you're not a professional right? You could just be out on a walk and you could be listening to a book you want to listen to. And you're just an amateur at it. You don't know what this thing's going to be about. And you're just intaking it and just interested. And you're just walking because we can move. And so we get now, of course, exercise is important. So don't hear me saying not no, to exercise. Sure, sure. And I'm also not saying you've got to get 20,000 steps in because 10 are for fun and 10 are for exercise. Right. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I wonder how you would feel different if half of every walk, you listen to what you wanted to listen to. Okay, and then the other half of the walk, you listen to what you should listen gotcha. to. I don't yeah. like shooting people. I think it's a bad sure. habit sure. Um, for us to use that word very much at all. But I just wonder. I'm just curious how how you would feel differently. So that's one hobby so is you're good. walking. Yeah, the way you find a hobby is you literally go back to that childhood you when the last time you thought about nothing. When we could sit and think about nothing. And what'd you do? You played baseball. So where's the play? Are you making space to play anything sports-wise?
1: No, no, because I, uh, I, I'm i convinced I'll pull a hammy or something.
2: And what happens if you do? You'll survive.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah. this thing.
2: There's this it's quote. So I'm going to not do it well. But what you need to do, somehow you have seen and decided what feels like fun to you. You've identified it. But shame is stopping you from executing it. Because right. your shame, your I'm going to pull a hammy is a funny way of saying, what if my body can't do what I want my body to do? Sure. And what if it ends up not being fun for me?
1: Gosh. All right. And so then. You're reading my mail. So your
2: shame is keeping you from having a great time. Right. Right. So, okay. So if you get hurt, you get hurt. That actually doesn't speak to anything except the fact that we are in bodies that go forward, not backwards. <laughs>
1: doesn't shame keep us from. Everything, everything good, literally is, everything. Isn't that what keeps us from Eden? Really? Yes,
2: yes. I mean, even when you, exactly right. you were
1: talking about about the uh, the word redo, mm-hmm. like when you were talking about that, it's like, man, you know, wish I could go back and do that. Yeah, um, the word redo is really just uh, a code word for or a word that leads to regret, really. You know oh, what I mean? And so, we lead, right. we we wind up with these regrets. But what I love about your book, you talk about the house on Ebenezer Road, yeah, and you you wound up revisiting all the every chapter feels like a revisit oh wow to yeah. a place for you in yes. your in your life that matters to yep. you They're in your places. story yep. in some of them places that remind you of where where you had fun yeah. or, or, or where you got a little glimpse of eden yes. then you write about in some of your chapters of places that you've gone to in recent times um uh, even like on a
2: like the ryman uh, yeah the ryman
1: yeah. or to uh, the on-site like counseling yeah, the on-site. like to, where you've gone in search for kind of unlocking those places in your heart that'll help you tap into Eden more, right? Or let go of regret or keep shame from... I really respect your your willingness to make those hard choices, like to go, to, to open yourself up to like find it. But in every chapter of this book, I feel like you're revisiting like the house on Ebenezer Road is one that really stuck out to me. Can you talk about that just for a minute? Yeah, of
2: course. That's where I grew up. My parents don't live there anymore, so it's very safe to actually talk about (laughs) the street name. Otherwise they'll all show up. (laughs) Yeah, which they can now, because (laughs) do you know the cool thing? This is only Jesus does stuff like this, Matthew. This is the, I'm I'm telling you, there are, um, scripture says it a lot. There are gifts from God and there are rewards. And this story I'm about to tell you feels like a reward from God. I'm not sure what I did to deserve it, but I feel like, this is something he gave me as part of our relationship. But my parents, when they sold the house, I, we grew up there. My, grandpa- my mom actually grew up on the same land. It's 18 acres. And my grandparents' house is across the driveway from my parents' house. And when they moved, they sold it to the city. So it's a park. And the houses haven't been torn down. They're gonna keep, they're gonna actually keep the house I grew up in for like art classes and that kind of stuff for our city in Georgia. And so the funny thing now is Matthew, all these friends of mine I grew up with are like sending me texts and videos like, I'm fishing at your house. It's a park now. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I know. So it's a place for fun now. Yeah. And so actually, even this Christmas, once I had a copy of That Sounds Fun, our whole family went back over there from where my parents live now. Uh. And it's called, I mean, it's called Ebenezer Downs Park. And it's just so special. So that house meant a lot to me. It's the only house I knew growing up. And when my parents moved away, I felt a lot of loss. I actually feel very connected to places. But when we were ready to celebrate them moving to a new house, we, and I write about this in the book, I was driving down from Nashville to Marietta and I, Georgia, and I stopped and bought a bunch of fireworks. And I was like, hey, we may cry, but we're also shooting off a lot of fireworks tonight. And all my cousins were there. And there's this really cool picture. I'll post it today. There's this really cool picture of us all standing on the end of the dock lighting um, sparklers. And it's the last time we were ever all there together. And it is so special. And so we we are going to lose things. We've lost that place. It belongs to the city now. It belongs to the state. It belongs to anybody who wants to go. But there are things we can't lose, like those memories of our lives there and that day of shooting off fireworks.
1: And there's that need for celebration again. Yes. And I love how you take even like bittersweet memories and like find a reason to celebrate.
2: That. And this year was hard. I mean, yeah. you know, the the joke about this book is I, had f- I finished it in March. And so I got to edit it through the start of the pandemic, pandemic, the real lockdown here in Nashville, all of COVID. And so it's like, I got to lay a new filter on top it, of it.
1: It's the first book that I'm reading this year that is actually talking. It, it feels yeah. in real time. And yes, that's why, which is so yeah. cool because a lot of times you're writing a book and it comes out two years later yes. and you wonder like, okay, Is the setting for this book gonna fit? So I loved that. I mean, the whole last
2: chapter, I write about a a renovation at my house that happened because of the pandemic. Your porch. Yes.
1: Which your followers and subscribers of your podcast and on socials, like, (laughs) I knew about the porch renovation. I'm like, why do I know this about Annie (laughs) before I'm reading it in the book? That's right. That's right. Um, So normally I will ask every guest on the podcast to tell me about their blue couch moment, which is basically symbolizes a defining moment where you feel like God became real to you and your answer was yes. What's interesting, I was thinking about asking you that question before we part ways today, but your book feels like there's chapter by chapter. I feel like what your book illustrates to the reader is that God's plan for us is never to have just one of those
2: moments. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Yeah. And,
1: And I really it like I feel like when I'm reading this book and I read about the house on Ebenezer Road where you grew up, I started to write down in my own journal the house on Janes Avenue. Yeah. And I almost wonder if like readers of your book might accept that same challenge and go, okay, where did you grow up? And no matter how painful it is or yeah. how beautiful it is, Yeah, what there's happened, pain
2: in my story too, right? for sure. I yeah. think
1: about that Miranda Lambert song that Tom Oh, Douglas The wrote, House
2: That Built Me. The House
1: That Built Me. And I go listen to that song all the time because it helps me remember... The house on Jane's Avenue yeah. that was yellow. I remember we painted it blue, and yeah. I never knew why. And yeah. I, there was one bathroom, and all of us were in. You know, and you think about those things, you tap into that, and you were yes. even helping me do that as my yeah, fun coach I'm here. So glad. But so all that to say is, I want to ask you your blue couch moment, but I also feel like chapter by chapter, you're sharing moments where God's been speaking to you. god has been. Can you share what comes uh, to yeah. mind when I say that? Yeah. Now? Well,
2: it does totally make me want to cry because I think you don't think you're going to be 40 and not married and especially as the way I grew up and my desires. I didn't think this would be my story. What I know from this being my story is that God has been everything I needed him to be. I have never been in lack. I have had exactly what I needed every step of the way. And so all those little moments are reminders to me, as you're saying them, are reminders to me that while none of us have everything that we want, nobody has everything that they want, God has ways of of being good to you and kind to you in your want, right? Like he he so good. He doesn't manifest as a guy who takes out the trash for me, but he certainly reminds me over and over of his kindness. Like that my house on Ebenezer is available for all of us to go and see. And people can go stand on the dock that the chapter is called the dock. You can go stand there if you want to. And that doesn't like infringe on my privacy because it's a park. But I do want to tell you my blue couch moment because I've always wanted to tell it ever since I uh, started listening to the show, which was day one. Um, <laughs> okay, so I became a Christian when I was five, and I really meant it. I mean, I remember it so clearly. We were sitting in church, First United Methodist Church in Marietta, Georgia, Pastor Charles Sineth, still alive, still one of the greatest pastors I've ever known. He says, good news, good news, good oh, news, whenever cool. he's talking that's about cool. the gospel. And I I was sitting between my parents, which this is wild, because I have so many, I call them mini BFFs, so many friends. Of yeah, my the ki- Mini BFF kids. book club. Yes. Yeah. I have so many friends that are kids, and the idea that a five year old me can remember this so clearly, <laughs> I'm like, what are they going to be able to remember? But uh, I remember saying to my mom during the altar call, I feel like I'm supposed to go up there. I remember saying that. And it was May of 84, 85. And because I looked it up in the church, like on the church computer when I was in college yeah, or something awesome. and we went forward and we knelt down and he prayed for me. And I really remember it. And I jokingly, sometimes when I'm doing, speaking on stages and stuff, I'll say, the Lord was like, we got to get her before she's 16. Like we don't, <laughs> I, I don't need a world where I've got to deal with her, not a Christian. Her search for yeah. fun was going to take her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got <laughs> a lot <laughs> going on. Yeah. So she, I'm going to go ahead and nab her yeah, early. That's awesome. Um, but the reality is you're right. I've had blue moments all along where he has revealed himself as kind and good and faithful and strong. But I made a decision at five that I have not walked away from. And, and I have, I've had bad days, weeks, months. I knew what I was doing that day. And I, and I do it again today. I do it every day. That's beautiful. And and that sweet of him, that has nothing to do with me. Who knows what a five-year-old, but for the Holy Spirit to be like, Come on.
1: How good of God. Yes.
2: Yeah. It feels like so people always talk like people who got saved as children don't have good testimonies. Like, like teenagers, it's boring. Yeah, like it's boring. And I'm like, <laughs> it sure is. Thank God. Like it yeah. is I I I am I'm I, I, so ki- lucky and feel like he's yeah. so kind to me. I
1: pray that my daughters have the most boring testimonies yeah, ever. Like, that's I used right. to always, we'd have a uh, teen challenge would come to my church as a kid. And uh, these are they guys, the
2: ones who rip the uh, phone books? No,
1: no. That's like the power team. <laughs> yeah, the power team. <laughs> they would come too. But teen challenge would uh, a group going through addiction recovery that we okay. work with a lot. And part of their recovery is to go and share their testimonies yeah. and share their stories. And I remember as a kid, you know, this suburban sheltered preacher's kid yeah. sitting on the front row here and wait, you did what? Where? <laughs> did what? What? Yeah. And, uh, and I used to think, man, I, someday I'll write a book as a preacher's kid going, you know, I never went off the deep end. Yeah. You know what I mean? And feeling like maybe my testimony was boring, but I love yeah. what you just shared. And now I do pray for my daughters to have yeah. a boring testimony. And I love asking that blue couch story because I it just too. I hope somebody listening right now can be uh, maybe getting back in touch with a moment, even if they feel far from God right yeah. now. Yeah. The reminder is that if we feel distance between us and God God is never the reason
0: yeah right yeah. and
1: and there's a call to return and I feel like your book is a call to return so. what would you say to somebody who's about to pick up your book uh huh and uh, man, these are the hard days of, of 2021. It's Nothing really magical hard. took place yeah. from December 31st, 2020. They warned us to, that wouldn't yeah.
2: happen, but I didn't believe them. Oh, we kept thinking <laughs> something magical I is. Know.
1: But that's because, you know, we do serve a God who promises he's going to do a new thing. That's so right. I love as believers, we can step into a new year with a hope for, for yes. new and still yes. be hopeful of that, even though it's been a rough start to the yes. year. What's your encouragement to somebody who's going to pick up the book? That sounds fun right now. What's your prayer that they discover or tap? into as they read through the pages?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'd start by saying me too. I The sadness and the joy holding both of them of having to finish writing this book during a pandemic was that I had to face whether all that was true or not <laughs> in our worst days and go like, is, does fun actually matter? And can I still do this when I'm trapped in my house by myself? And will this make anything better? That's good. And so what I would say is if you're asking, what can make this my life Better? What is anything going to make this better? I th- actually think it's fun. I think if you just put a little block of time, a little 30 minutes on your calendar this week and said, We're just going to have fun, I think you'll learn about yourself and ask yourself what sounds fun to you. That's what I always ask at the end of my show. Like you ask yes. uh, the blue couch, you ask like a deep, beautiful question. I'm like, What sounds fun to you? <laughs> but the reason I ask that is because when people tell you what sounds fun to them, and then I get to say, Why? And they go, well, actually it's because my grandparents, or actually it's because I have always dreamed of doing that. And then all of a sudden, you know, a deep part of their hearts. You can do that for yourself. That's good. Ask yourself what sounds fun to you and then ask yourself why and start noticing. And I would also say, let me say one more thing. Sorry. I hope my blue couch moment also tells parents what you say to your kids about Jesus sticks. Yes, And you can, wherever you are with the Lord today, you are capable to tell your children about him. Mm. And you do not need to be a pastor. You do not need a podcast host. You can just be the parent that God has handed to that child and tell them about Jesus today. Because I made a decision at five that shaped my life and because of God's kindness, a lot of other lives. And you may have that kid in your house too.
1: Shaping a lot of other lives is exactly what's going on and it's only going to continue to happen. I am I, already predicting this will be joining your other bestseller oh, books thanks. because people are going to love this. I think I think uh, families are going are gonna to love it. I think individuals I are going to so, love it. Yeah. I think for me. Uh, finding my Ebenezer road and yeah. like and I love how you're simple it's it's what you said it's before so but no but you call it sneaky Jesus <laughs> yeah, and yeah, what yeah. I meant by simple is that you're asking this simple hey what sounds fun but there's that's literally just chipping away at the surface to try to get to what's deeper there that's and right. uh, I think this book's going to help a lot of people do that if speaking find of, the Lord uh, so here's how I want to end though okay uh, 90s country I had oh. no idea that we both shared an affinity for 90s country it is so
2: deep in I
1: made my mom take me to Six Flags to see Little Texas. Oh, <laughs> God Little bless Texas, Texas yes. with his own hands. Yes. So Diamond I just, Rio, come on. I was just going to say before we leave, like if you're, I want to know the first '90s country song from the first artist that pops into your brain, and yep. if you're willing to sing a few bars, I will sing one of my favorites too.
2: Um, do you know Go. which one comes to my mind? Because I just saw a video of it. Is a John Michael Montgomery? I think oh, it's John Michael oh, Montgomery. Oh, where he are said, you going? The rodeo. The um. Hey, pretty lady in the second row, she's eight, she's a nine, she's a a ten, I know, she's got got rude,
0: red
1: red red lips, blonde blonde, hair, hair, blue blue. eyes. I'm about about to to kiss my my heart goodbye. Oh, that's good.
2: (laughs) I love that one. It took me a minute And he also does,
1: uh, I like the way your eyes dance when you laugh. Yeah. does he live here? Oh, I don't know. But that's one of my favorite. See, that's my thoughts.
2: thing. This is where this is why my life was ruined by being born when I was born is I would have moved here 20 years yeah, earlier yeah. if I'd have been born 20 years earlier and would have been like just sitting at third and Lindsley listening to John Michael Montgomery.
3: Oh, gosh. Yeah. You,
2: okay. What's your favorite,
1: though? Well, I love John Michael Montgomery. Sure. Um, I would go, I mean, you mentioned a song that I loved, which was by the Dixie Chicks called Goodbye Earl.
2: Oh, yes. And
1: I used to cover that song when I played Colleges, which makes no sense because it's me (laughs) singing. So I would do that. And then I would also, oh, man, this is what, like, now, the ladies yeah. used to love this in high school when I sang The Dance by Garth Oh, Brooks. I'm sure. That was when I first realized, <laughs> hey, maybe this music thing <laughs> might give me a girl. So I'd have to probably go with The Dance by Garth. Do
2: you do a lot of Garth? I would imagine well, you could I, do Garth's... Uh, like tone
1: i've seen him in show in concerts several times
2: and he it's is the like most such unbelievable. a unbelievable. yes it is the most unbelievable concert <laughs> you'll ever go to although
1: i will say like one night i saw him. he does this thing where he like it's almost like a pro wrestler a little bit like uh-huh. but he like falls on his knees oh yeah yeah, and yeah. He, it's almost like rain you think rain is pouring <laughs> on him like he's in a movie <laughs> yes, scene and he yes. goes to the fans he's like thank you for my life <laughs> and and I'm like, that is the dumbest thing. Why am I crying right now? <laughs>
2: that's exactly. Why am I saying you're welcome? And also, I'm not sure
1: that's true. I'm telling you, he's just like, he has a way of making each fan feel like. Have you ever met are, him in real life? I've never met. I haven't Garth. either.
2: Have you met Trisha Earwood?
1: Never met Trisha. We just would
2: like to speak into the world. If anyone knows, let's get him on the, on the Matthew West and the, that sounds fun
1: podcast. I just
2: think I, I like them so much. I think he would be fascinating to really know.
1: Oh, he's, I mean, although you should see the video he posted when he first launched his own Facebook page, Uh huh. it's maybe the funniest thing ever.
2: Is it just that he's new to the internet?
1: Yeah. And he's kind of dramatic and he's like, he's like, he's like, (laughs) he says, he says, uh, you know, they say that this Facebook thing's going to be. Pretty cool, you know. <laughs> so I say, let the games begin. Oh. It's like, what are you? It's just pretty funny. So that's probably not a good way to get Garth on the show by me making but fun my of his video. Show,
2: I did not mock him. Yes, so. no, it did
1: not. Annie F. Downs. The new book is called That Sounds Fun, which is easy to remember because it's also the name of your amazing podcast, which everybody and the network we're both on to, and the network which yes. I'm honored to be a part of. Thanks oh, for believing. So glad you're on I want seriously. I want to say thank you for believing in in the Matthew S. Podcast and the dream that I had and to be able to learn from you to know that i can you know you've been so kind to me i've been able to text you hey what do you think about this as we continue to improve this show and to be able to have you on the show finally is such an honor so i'm excited for your new book congratulations and thanks for letting me be your friend
2: thanks thanks i'm really grateful for you
1: all right you guys it's time for songs from the story house today's song from the story house is a fun one it's called love on the radio
0: I'm putting love on the radio Spreading joy everywhere I go There's no way to hide my hope Oh, no This little light of mine Hey, I'm gonna let it shine Telling the world to save my soul The only way I know With love on the radio
1: In honor of my friend Annie F. Downs being today's guest, and the fact that her book is called That Sounds Fun, I figured I should highlight one of my favorite fun songs on the brand new album. Not that the other songs aren't fun, but you know what I mean. Some songs are more serious. Some songs tug at the heartstrings. Some songs make you want to roll down the windows. And this... Is that song? I figured I should highlight one of those songs with Annie being the guest. I had a blast writing this song with my buddy AJ Cruz. As fun as this song was to write and as upbeat and pop as the track is, though, the song itself is actually a pretty profound personal statement for me. In a way, you could call this song my mission statement why I make Christian music, why I make the kind of music that I make. In fact, the song begins with a spoken word section that sets up the whole heartbeat behind the song. Now, I said spoken word, not rap, so don't worry. I'll leave the rap up to Toby Mac and Lecrae and Andy Mino and all my favorites. I know my lane, people. Let's take a listen. People ask me all the time, Matthew, why did you choose Christian music? Wouldn't you reach more people if you were mainstream? Well, this song is my answer.
0: I could sing a different kind of song. I could chase more money. Yeah, I could try to be famous. Everybody love me I could try to muddy up my message I could water down my words Till nobody knows what I'm saying ain 't going work cause if you no know, know, know Jesus like I know no Jesus thing you know, know, know the reason why
1: now you might not know this about me, but I did not set out in the very beginning to necessarily be labeled as a Christian recording artist. In fact, my first record deal was actually a mainstream label that signed me, and their plan was to launch my first single, a song called more to Christian radio, and then after it had huge success, they were going to break me through to the mainstream industry, just like Switchfoot. I heard Switchfoot like a million times, and I love Switchfoot, so I was really okay with that comparison, and I was just fine following in those same footsteps, if that's what the Lord's plan was for me. And so, when the label told me that plan, that was fine with me. My first 200 shows, they weren't inside churches necessarily. I was booked at colleges and universities across the country, and I wasn't billed as a Christian singer. All the posters would just say singer-songwriter. So I'd get up every night on stage in front of some college students and I'd play some cover songs like You know, something from Train or Counting Crows or Hootie and the Blowfish. Remember them? And then I'd slip in my original songs, which the crowd seemed to really like. But there was something different about the original songs. No matter how much I would try to water down my lyrics, I just couldn't escape the truth of what my heart was really wanting to write about. You see, my faith, it's the driving force of my life. And even if I tried, I felt like I just couldn't remove it from the music I was making. So even in those secular college campuses, there I was... Singing a song about Jesus for a bunch of college kids The second verse of this song is dripping in sarcasm Because of that very experience And honestly, I wrote the line down It made me laugh And I thought it might make somebody else smile as well Check it out
0: Does every song have to be about Jesus? Well, yes, yes it does Cause I can only sing about what I believe in And I believe in his life-changing love If you know, know, know Jesus Like I know, know no, Jesus, then you know, no, know no, the reason why. I'm putting love on the radio, spreading joy everywhere I go. There's no way to hide my hope, oh, no. This little light of mine, hey, I'm going to let it shine. Telling the world to save my soul, the only way I know. With love on the radio, love on the radio. On the
1: radio. So whatever happened to the record label's plans to take Matthew West mainstream, just like Switchfoot... Well, I think we all know how that went. My song, More, went on to become the most played song at Christian Radio that year. But the mainstream crossover success they planned for, it never happened after. And guess what? I was just fine with that. Guess what? I still am. I'm proud. I'm so proud to be part of this platform that is Christian music. I'm proud to be part of a community with amazing artists and music makers and storytellers creating the kind of music that Toby Mac describes as Jesus music, right? I see value in it, and I know people are being ministered to by it every single day. In a way, I hope this song even speaks to other Christian artists out there or upcoming Christian artists and letting them know, hey, don't for a second believe the lie that you're not having an impact on the world just because you're labeled as a Christian artist. I think sometimes that happens in our artist community and we can start to feel like that. You know, in my most discouraged moments, I've thought, am I just preaching to the choir? Like am I reaching the lost or am I just keeping the found? Well, guess what? I've traveled around the country all these years and I've sung in front of the choir. I've gone even a step further and I've collected stories and testimonies, thousands of them, from people in the choir. And guess what I've learned? That the people in the choir, the people in the pews, the people walking into church on Sunday morning, they're just as hurting and just as broken as anybody on the outside of the church. But why are they there? They're there in the hopes that the messages of these songs that we make are true, that there really is a God who's not done with us, that there really is a God who loves us, and that there really is a God whose forgiveness can set us free. So now more than ever, I know it. I'm preaching to a choir, and it's a broken choir, and I know God's going to use me to speak a message of healing over that broken choir. Now more than ever, I believe God's calling us to be unapologetic in our faith, to stand up for what we believe in and tell a lost and hurting world about Jesus. Not everyone's going to respond to the truth, but it doesn't mean you stop speaking it. I'm putting love on the radio, and I'll do so until the radio tells me they don't want to play my music anymore.
0: And if you know, know, know Jesus like I know, 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 Jesus then you know, no, know, know the reason why And if you love me Jesus like I love 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 Jesus then you love 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 the reason why I'm putting love on the radio spreading joy everywhere I go there's no way to hide my hope oh no this little light of mine hey I'm gonna let it shine and the world has saved my soul the only way I know
1: He's my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment of the show is called Dad Vice.
0: He is my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Advice.
1: Dad, you and I and our ministry pop, we have dedicated this final portion of every show to the words brand new. And we're asking God to help us take a brand new look at him, a brand new look at ourselves, and a brand new look at how he wants us to change the world around us. So send us out with some brand new encouragement today.
3: Okay, I've got a good one. A brand new look at forgiveness. We all need to take a brand new look in this area when it comes to our relationships. The word forgive means to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. Forgiving others is something we all wrestle with from time to time. Unforgiveness will ruin relationships, and we often forget that. Healthy Day News said this, It's surprisingly easy to hold a grudge, but whether it involves a friend, a co-worker, or a loved one, it can fill you with bitterness, keep you stuck in the past, and even lead to anxiety or depression. That's why it's important that we need to take a brand new look at forgiveness as we uh, go into this new year. Yeah. Let's not carry old baggage with us into 2021 when it comes to relationships. Our key verse, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven. Given you. Three key things here. One, forgiveness is essential. This is a biggie. If we can't work on the area of forgiveness in relationships, we can't see relationships grow and stay strong. Forgiveness is not an option when it comes to healthy relationships. Proverbs 18, 19 says, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. If you've ever been offended, you probably have found it hard to forgive someone. And the Bible says that if you offend someone else also, it can be hard for them to forgive you. And I've seen that take place in so many relationships. Walls go up. Hearts get locked. Forgiveness is essential. Secondly, God wants us to forgive. To forgive others is to obey God. And Matthew 6, 12, the classic Lord's Prayer reminds us, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Notice what Jesus said, forgive us our debts. That's how we're to pray, but only as we forgive others. Someone said this, the first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget is the happiest. And then thirdly, freedom from forgiving. Freedom that comes from forgiving. Letting go of anger and bitterness opens the door to God's healing. The healing goes both ways for you and the one you forgive. At times, forgiveness brings immediate healing. For some, it takes Longer and takes time. C.S. Lewis said this To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable with others. Remember these three things we need to forgive, God yeah. wants us to forgive, and forgiveness brings freedom.
1: I've been singing about forgiveness for so many years in that song, and it talks about it says, So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace, the prisoner. That it really frees is you, and it is so hard sometimes to sing songs that you have a hard time living out. Um, but you know that's the goal—to to get better at it every single day. I always joke that you know I have a hard time forgiving somebody who cuts me off in traffic, let alone somebody who deeply wounds me or offends me or attempts to harm my family, and and that's why that song talks about doing the impossible because there's somebody out there listening right now who's thinking, man, forgiveness. This, this person that I, you know, have a hard time forgiving, it's too impossible. Well, well that's the idea is that uh, we're beginning to see things through the lens of all that God has done for us. God has done the impossible for us by giving us his forgiveness and setting us free from the cost of our sin. And may we ask him to now help us reach out and do the impossible in those relationships around us. Thanks, yes, Dad.
3: Yes. Thank you, Matt.
1: All right, my people, that's our show for today. I want to thank my guest and good friend Annie F. Downs and congratulate her once more on the release of her latest book, That Sounds Fun. I'm going to post a link to the book at the official podcast page, which is matthewwest.com slash podcast. Now, if you haven't visited that podcast page yet, I want you to go check it out. You can find lots of cool stuff, not just about today's episode, but every episode that we've released since launching the show back in 2020. We're also going to post a link to the song Love on the Radio that we featured, as well as a cool video that even dives a little bit deeper into the story behind it also want to thank my dad for joining me with Dad Vice. He's always got a great voice of encouragement that he's speaking into my life, and that's why I want him on the show, to speak into your life. Our ministry is called Pop We. He and I started it, and one of the things that we do is we send out a weekly email devotional to thousands of people all around the country. It's free of charge, just a gift from us to you and a reminder to spend time with Jesus. So when you visit MatthewWest.com slash podcast, you'll see a link to our ministry as well, and we'll get you all signed up. Last but not least... I want to make sure you all know about the next virtual concert taking place, Valentine's weekend, February 12th, 13th, and 14th, West Love Fest. (laughs) That's such a ridiculous name. I can't say it without laughing, but I want you to join us. It's going to be a special show You're going to get a $5 discount just for being a listener of this podcast. Use the code CUPID at checkout, C-U-P-I-D, and you'll get five bucks off. Go to MatthewWest.com slash podcast to find a link for that, too, and I'll see you for a special West Love Fest on Valentine's weekend. All right, that's our show for today. Remember, go make the most of the one story that you get. God has you here for a reason. It's your story for his glory. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. Seriously, I I, I do.